The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Do you or somebody you know hoard? You aren't alone. Hoarding affects millions of people throughout the world. You can do something about it and regain personal control. Welcome to Take Back Your Life When Your Things Are Taking Over with host Elaine Birchall. Reduce and relieve yourself from the shame and blame clutter causes in your life. You can do it and we'll show you how. Now here's your host, Elaine Birchall. Hello, I'm Elaine Birchall, your host. Welcome back to everyone tuning in this week to Take Back Your Life on Voice America's Variety Channel. The exciting news this week is that we have reached terms with John Hopkins University Press, and our final manuscript will be sent to them by August 31st, 2017. As an elite publishing firm, John Hopkins has a rigorous process of peer reviews, so it may take some time after we hand it in to get it to store shelves, to Amazon.com and .ca, to iTunes and other sale venues. So be patient. Sue Cronkite and I have been writing this book for the past two years, and right now we feel like new parents. The provisional title, in case you're interested, at this point anyway, is Clearing the Path When Clutter Becomes Hoarding and What You Can Do About It. Now, that title may change if the publisher feels something different would be better. However, if you're interested in having a copy, you can go to www.hoarding.ca and you can register there to pre-order by leaving your name and contact information. It's under the book order tab. You don't need to make a deposit. Just let us know you want a copy and provide your contact information so that we can let you know when your copy is available. Today, we're going to continue to discuss proven tools that work, because if there's anything that is needed in a hoarding situation, it's tools that actually work. And we're going to explore procrastination in more detail. I was reminded this week while working with someone just how complicated procrastination can be. So I decided to devote today's show to drilling down and expanding on our previous discussion about procrastination. First and foremost, though, I want to credit Drs. Jane Burka and Lenore Ewan for their amazing work, which was outlined in their book, Procrastination, Why You Do It and How You Can Stop Now. Today's material is designed to give you concrete things to reflect upon at a personal level. You might want to take a second to get a pen and paper to take down some notes and write down your personal questions and insights regarding your tendency to procrastinate, whatever level that might be. When you're ready, you can use them to move forward in your own life or maybe to support someone else to do the same in theirs. Remember, 
what you want really truly is just a choice away. In order to finish the book on time, though, December 21st will be my last radio show for a while, but the broadcasted shows will remain available as podcasts on my website, www.hoarding.ca. So you can drop by anytime and listen to them as often as you need to. I hope to return to Voice America once the work on the book is completed. Setting and reaching goals is possible if you leave yourself open to the best the world has to offer you by first and foremost committing to not staying stuck and overwhelmed by clutter and repeating unproductive habits arising out of limiting beliefs. How to undo the piles and pathways and not procrastinate will become more possible if you first commit to yourself, not to settling for less than you deserve, and committing to one baby step at a time every day to move forward on the task necessary to get and stay unstuck. Repeatedly reviewing the past shows to remind yourself of the tools available and using one tool at a time, very slowly and deliberately, will get you to where you dream of being right now. That may not seem possible as you look around you, but I promise you it is. So please don't be shy. If you feel like it, I want to hear from you today, no matter where you're listening from. I've had hits from all over the world, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of them. This week alone, you can reach me by calling our worldwide toll-free number 1-866-472-5788 or just email us at elaine.birchall at hoarding.ca. That's E-L-A-I-N-E dot B as in boy, I-R-C-H-A-L-L, at hoarding.ca. Or maybe you just want to listen in. If that's what you're more comfortable with doing, then let's do it. Okay, let's get started. Procrastination. Procrastination has its roots in emotional parts of yourself and biological parts of yourself. The emotional roots of procrastination are your inner feelings. That's fears, hopes, memories, dreams, doubts, pressures. And procrastination then actually becomes a strategy to avoid those uncomfortable feelings and to deal with the basic feeling of unacceptability. You know, sometimes self-criticism, beating yourself up, Sometimes that's just more tolerable than the alternative, the unknown. It also has biological roots in the chemicals, the hormones, in your body, the signals your brain sends, and your genetics. What happens neurologically in your brain influences, actually influences what you avoid or don't. So be very careful about how you think that negativity and limiting beliefs has a terrible side effect. This in turn affects the development and the structure, also the functioning of your brain 
which is ever-changing. It's not a stagnant thing. You are not born one way, and that's the way you are forever. It's called neuroplasticity. And the great news is that neuroplasticity, let's look a little more at interpersonal roots. Family history and dynamics also affect Maybe you play a role in your family and that no longer serves you. Maybe it keeps you playing out the same fears and limiting beliefs about yourself and what you have the right to and what you're capable of. It also plays out in the history of your social relationships. What's your place in your current culture, the culture and subculture that you have socially? Learning from experience is better than denying and repeating limiting choices. Okay, so that fear of success, fear fear of failure, fear of being controlled, fear of intimacy, a fear of separation sometimes causes procrastination. And really importantly, your relationship, your own personal relationship to time. What are the next steps? First of all, I want you to give serious thought today to what you feel today moving forward. Some thoughts maybe around why you feel it. Can you accept the balance of the positives and negatives in your life and be okay with them so that you don't give more meaning and value and and importance to one or the other. Set smart goals for the things you want to change. Strive for balance and good health and move forward. Are you somebody who engages in wishful thinking about time? Okay. Do you actually not track how much time a problem is actually going to take? Do you instead decide you're going to get up at a certain time with no no relevance to how much you need to do in order to get out the door and get to where you need to be on time. And then you start throwing in other little things like checking your email, reading the paper, going online and checking messages, dropping by Facebook, but you haven't allowed for that time. That's called your subjective time. And when your subjective time, all these little random things you add that you didn't plan for, you didn't allow time for, is in conflict with clock time, it can make a real problem to anticipate deadlines. All right. It also gets in the way of you working steadily toward your goals. It makes it impossible to predict how much time a job will actually take. And it causes, it's a cause for conflicts in relationships with your colleagues, your boss, your family. Are you always late? What is your attitude to clock time? And can you start now to have a look at how it's in conflict with your own subjective time? The way you go about things when the rubber hits the road. Why do we procrastinate? First of all, it's important to know that procrastination 
has a number of factors and they're as complex as the people procrastinating. There is no relationship to intelligence or occupation. Males seem to be slightly more likely to procrastinate. There is some evidence. This is the good news. There is some evidence that if we work at it a bit, we can actually improve with age. Remember that term neuroplasticity? What are some of the consequences? Let's look at those before we go to break. First of all, the internal ones. Feeling of irritation, regret, self-reproach, debilitating despair. Okay, here I am again. Oh, I'm always late. People are always frustrated with me. Outwardly, the person may seem fine. It's that internal talk and external Sometimes there are, are repercussions like late payments for fines, set, setbacks at work, that conflict in relationships, and sometimes lying to cover those lapses. So we're going to go to break in just a minute or two. And when we get back, we're going to look at where this procrastination really started, because It's a belief that a person can't keep up with the pressure of performing perfectly. What they believe is necessary to meet the deadline with work, according to the shoulds. They are shoulders. We'll see you after the break. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. If the financial markets interest you, if you want to potentially earn a higher return, if you're not satisfied with your investment returns, or if you're only making 1% on your investments sitting in the bank, do you see the stock market hitting record highs but feel you have no one to trust? Voice America's own Jordan Kimmel, the host of Magnet Investing for over seven years, is applying his strategies of magnet investing and is managing individual accounts. Jordan Kimmel has joined InvestView, the Red Bank, New Jersey investment education and asset management firm. And his team can help you. Contact Jordan and the team at InvestView at 732-380-7271 or by email at jkimmel at investview.com. If you would like a complimentary portfolio review or to speak to a representative, call us. Past performance of investments are not indicative of future results. Investing is inherently risky. All recommendations should be researched by the investor. Call InvestView at 732-380-7271. That's 732 732- 807271 If you are interested in real estate in America's largest city or anywhere, be sure to listen for Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco. Although our focus is on Manhattan and other real estate markets in and around New York City, we'll have plenty of information that will help you successfully buy, sell, and close a transaction no matter where you are in the world. Good Morning New York Real Estate with Vince Rocco can be heard every Tuesday at 9 a.m. in New York, 6 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com
This is Take Back Your Life when your things are taking over. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you prefer, send an email to elaine.birchall at hoarding.ca. Now back to this week's show. Welcome back, everyone. We were talking before the break about the roots of procrastination. Where does it start? And you know, sometimes, sometimes it starts early in life. Sometimes it starts with the the scaling of children, the assignment of whether they are academically able to be, they're rated at A, B, C, D, or F. And sometimes people take that academic scaling and rating as their identity. This is what they're worth. This is what they're capable of. You know what? Ability is very different from academics. You don't have to be an academic to be perfectly able and capable of far greater things than any mark you ever got in school. Sometimes that plays out in peer relationships because part of that that streaming of kids means who you're hanging out with at school, who your best friend is likely to be, and who what group you belong to. The other thing you need to know is that bullying has a powerful effect on a person's academic and social confidence, and that lasts a long time after school has ended. Procrastination also may be a strategy for covering up weak areas because not meeting your full potential leaves room to hold on to the belief that you could have done better, if only. Or maybe you really believe you couldn't have done better. That becomes your belief about how the world should treat you, what you deserve in life. Maybe you feel that you need to be perfect. Because it's safer to procrastinate than to work hard and risk failing or not quite meeting the mark that is expected of you, that you expect of yourself or somebody else does, and then being judged. You know, success can be dangerous. More and more will be expected of you, maybe, and at some point you won't be able to keep up anyway. So procrastinating now and avoiding that is a way to protect yourself against the inevitable. Being cooperative with demands and expectations and rules is a power struggle. It's control, and it might mean giving in. So procrastinating is your way of maintaining a sense of independence and that sense of self-control. Nobody can tell you. You decide for yourself, but it goes to the extreme of procrastination. You know, if you lay your ideas out and you do meet deadlines, people won't agree with you. They might not like you. They might not approve of you. And so if you procrastinate and you withhold your ideas, you don't fully engage. You keep people, you keep all of that judgment at a safe distance. Sometimes procrastination makes you afraid that underneath all of the disorganization and delay, You're basically unacceptable as a person. You're flawed. Well, I'm here to tell you, we are all flawed, imperfect human beings, just the way we're supposed to be. And that self-criticism, it's difficult to live with, but it's far easier than the criticism and judgment of others. So procrastination actually can be your protection. 
Sometimes it arises out of a fear of failure, that fear of being judged by others or your own internal critic. You, how many times have you heard, you know, you're, you're listening to someone talk about something and you think, wow, they are so hard on themselves. And the person listening doesn't feel the way the person talking about themselves feels. Okay, sometimes we are our own worst enemies. Might be a strategy to deal with favor because by waiting too long to begin a task, you can avoid testing your own true potential. Okay, you can always say, you know, I could have done better if I'd had more time. Also, some people actually equate their fundamental value and worth as a person by their performance and their ability to perform. And they hold on to the belief that what I produce is a direct indication of my true ability. The higher my ability, the higher my sense of worth should be. That what I produce reflects my worth as a person. That's by, if you want to know more about that, you should read the work done by Dr. Richard Beery, B-E-E-R, of the U of C at Berkeley Counseling Center. So how does this play out, actually? Performance can no longer be equated with ability, all right? Therefore, when you procrastinate, therefore, a complete effort isn't made. And no matter the level of outcome, you can hold on to the belief and your self-worth and preserve it because you always could have done better if you just tried harder, had more time, something had gone more your way. Let's talk a little bit about the perfectionist. In an effort to prove that they're good enough, they attempt the impossible. They set themselves up right from the get-go. Are you one of those people? They believe that they should be capable of the highest standards and goals way beyond, way beyond what is, is reasonable given the circumstances. That makes their demands on themselves. Very, very unrealistic. And they repeatedly over are overwhelmed when they're unable to meet those goals. But they refuse, absolutely refuse to learn from this experience. How many times has that happened to you? So they become discouraged. And they use procrastination as a way to cope. There are two types of procrastination, just like there are two types of hoarding. One type of procrastination is adaptive, and that means that the person themselves have high standards, but they are reachable standards. The consensus would be if you had 10 people, 20, 50 people in a room, most would say, yes, high standards, but they're reachable. You believe your performance meets those high standards. Belief Being a successful perfectionist is an essential element of your identity and a basis of your self-esteem. So you're still pretty tough on yourself, but you're not setting yourself up. You're a high achiever and you meet the standards most of the time and you can live with the gap when you don't. It, it, It fuels you to try harder, to rethink your plan. What went wrong? How can I increase the effectiveness of my A-game? Maladaptive. Standards are way too high. 
the person frequently, often in fact, is disappointed in themselves. There's a huge gap between their standards and how they view their performance. They are seriously prone to self-criticism. They're more vulnerable to feeling depressed and having low self-esteem as a result. And of course, all of those disappointing, seemingly failures don't do very much to increase um, or or lower their level of depression or increase their self-esteem. So it's a vicious circle they've created for themselves. Are you one of those people? And they are excessively, excessively worried about making mistakes. They do not accept that we all make mistakes and the trick is to learn from them. A healthy balance is to always, of course, strive for your A-game, to understand and accept that sometimes you are going to make mistakes. We all make mistakes. Allow yourself to be human, that there will be bad days, okay? You can't be on your A-game every single moment of every single day. Your performance, therefore, will be temporarily affected. They learn to tolerate the frustration and the disappointment when they don't meet the goals that they set. And they don't. Here is the most important thing. They don't make it personal. Uh, They don't make it about themselves or blame somebody else. They take a step back. They reflect. They regroup, first of all. Then they reflect and they improve their plan. They might increase or tweak where they put their effort and their work strategies, and that motivates them to be able to keep moving forward. Some of the beliefs that procrastinators have are that being ordinary is intolerable and the only, uh, only the ideal is acceptable, that excellence does not necessarily require excellent effort. That if a person is truly outstanding, difficult things should be easy. And that sometimes, often in fact, they're better going it alone. Because when the burden of doing something by yourself is too much, you can always take relief in delay. But you don't open yourself up to other people's viewpoints, other people's input. You stay on your plan. They believe that there is a right way. There's one correct solution to a problem, and you're inadequate if you don't find it. And then until you find that ideal solution, you can't commit to any action. You see where procrastination is being set in in motion here, folks. And that rather than risk making the wrong choice, you do nothing they believe that you should they believe that you should be omniscient you should know everything and you should absolutely be able to read the future that if you are as clever and as perfect as you need to be you should be you are that you can read into the future and you can foresee and therefore you can control outcomes Very different to believe that hard work and a good plan and the right effort helps you influence the outcome. And that being super competitive, all right, is a no-win situation. You either win 
or you actually talk yourself out of competition because you're afraid that you, if you don't win, you will feel inadequate and you can't tolerate the feeling of losing or coming second. So they self-handicap. They often choose to lose. You procrastinate to a degree that you guarantee that you won't succeed. They engage in all or nothing thinking. The person must do everything until it is exactly the way it needs to be. Let's take a break, folks. And when we come back, we'll talk about what you can do about it. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com The Voice America Live Events page is here now to showcase your corporate, individual, or organization's live event. Visit VoiceAmerica.com forward slash live events to see all of our past live events and find out more. Whether it's a multi-day conference, special speaker, or single-day event, we've got everything to make your event a success. We can do a few hours or a few days. For more information about taking your event to the next level, call Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or email info at voiceamerica.com. Again, that's Jeff Spinard at 480-294-6417 or send us an email to info at voiceamerica.com. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com This is Take Back Your Life when your things are taking over. To reach the program today, please call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. If you prefer, send an email to elaine.birchall at hoarding.ca. Now back to this week's show. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. So we were talking about some of the ways that being a perfectionist really undermines life on a day-to-day basis and leaves you in a constant state of anxiety and usually depression. So I want to talk about dealing with less success than you actually wanted. And there are two ways to approach this. One is with a fixed mindset, which is usually the way um, a procrastinate, somebody who is a chronic procrastinator and perfectionist uh, approaches things. The fixed mindset says that your intelligence and your talents are innate. They don't change. You don't grow. You don't learn you're pretty much the way you are. They believe that they're fixed and that they're permanent. 
that success is about proving these. So proving how intelligent, how talented you are. And then that validates you as a person. That you have to keep proving it for it to be true. Because you had success 10 times doesn't mean that on moment one after that 10th experience that you aren't just as talented, just as worthwhile, just as as intelligent as you used to be. You have to keep proving it. There's no room for mistakes because mistakes are evidence of failure. More importantly, they are evidence that you are inadequate as a person. The second way to approach it is with a growth mindset, and that is that, yes, we do, we are born with some natural talents, but abilities can be developed, skills can be learned, and with hard work over time, remember, it doesn't have to come easily, you might actually have to make an effort. You can become more informed, qualify for a perfectionist, smarter and more intelligent, and you can become more skilled, better at something. That it's necessary and good to stretch yourself outside your comfort zone when you're learning. It's a good thing to look for challenges, that challenges are opportunities. And it doesn't matter whether you succeed every time. It doesn't matter whether you have absolute final success at something, getting better and better and enjoying the learning process is also very worthwhile and enriching. That not reaching a goal, yes, it is frustrating and disappointing, but it does not define who you are or what you're worth. And that learning and enjoying Becoming more proficient as an ever-developing, growing human being is also a really important pursuit. And it's really good for your mental health that our abilities are learnable with work and with the right information and that you no longer have to prove anything about yourself. That fear of success, the definition you know of success is a personal one. And um, even when procrastinators achieve outward success, quite often they don't let them feel secure, themselves feel secure at fully enjoying it. And the experience of barely pulling off a success by a last ditch effort may not be obvious to others, but to the person doing it, it diminishes their right to feel that they've actually achieved something worthwhile. Do you find that sometimes you slow down on a project that's going well? That you feel anxious with a lot of recognition? That you want to shrink into the background when acknowledgments and rewards are being decided? You want to get, you get embarrassed or you feel wary with compliments that are being offered? If you're successful in one area, do you mess up in another? When things are going fine, do you feel the other shoe is about to drop? Do you worry about being disconnected from your important connections as you achieve success because you'll be leaving them behind and then who will you belong with? You know that success is a conflict for you, that it's important to look at because it prevents you from moving forward. 
success does. That success prevents you from taking risks that could enrich your life because you're afraid that you have to keep proving yourself. And it leads us to restrict ourselves and give up that spontaneity and the curiosity because you can't take the risk. Do you feel that success demands too much in the form of time and effort and dedication? Have you developed a take-it-or-leave-it attitude to competitiveness that you, you, you are so afraid of losing that you aren't able to just say, you know, if I win, I win. If I don't, I don't. And if I do better than I did the last time, that's a bonus. Are you afraid of commitment? Do you have a phobia to it? That if you don't commit, the problem is that if you don't commit, you can't move forward in any direction, especially one that will require you to be in the spotlight or perhaps to compete a little. That the fear of success is a no-stop requirement to the top. And that you find yourself wanting to put on the brakes to, to avoid the inevitable, the disappointment, the chance that you won't make it. Do you fear that when you succeed, somebody always gets hurt? The guy who didn't win, he gets hurt. And that actually competition and success can be selfish and arrogant. So you choose to reject the opportunity to excel because you're con- you say you're concerned about someone else. Is that actually factual? Or is that a limiting belief to protect you from trying your best achieving your best success and owning your accomplishments? Do you believe that you don't deserve success? Do you, are you punishing yourself for poor choices you've made in the past or things that you're ashamed of? Do you have survivor guilt? Are you the If you're the one who succeeded in a family, what about the other people in the family who didn't? Do you feel guilty when you succeed? Do you feel that it's just not your destiny, that your self-esteem is so low that you can't believe that you deserve success no matter how hard you work for it? Or the luck, sometimes it's the luck of the dryer, the right person in the right place at the right time. So you don't expect to succeed at anything. We've got to go all or nothing here so you don't try hard. And when you do succeed, you hand away the power. You say, oh, you know, it was just luck. It was just luck. Oh, it was a complete accident. It was a complete fluke that I, it, it had nothing to do with me, nothing to do with how hard I've worked or what I've achieved in the way of knowledge. So what you hold as beliefs defines you. And sometimes those limiting beliefs are protective. They hold you back. They do hold you back. But they give you a feeling of certainty because for sure you can reach this level. Remember this though, feelings aren't facts. Being perfect, if you stop procrastinating, are you afraid that you would fast forward to success easily and that you would have everything and that seems unlikely. So overcoming, overcoming procrastination. 
The way to do this is to develop a realistic, achievable, easily measured goal to start with. Start small. And that goal, that task, break it down into small chunks. And if you can't carry the load, the work, the anxiety, the stress, at that level, break it down into smaller chunks until you can carry it. Keep doing that until you can carry it and manage it. Begin with a task that takes a very short amount of time. Anyone can do anything for 15 minutes. Enlist the support of a trusted ally, somebody who you don't fear um, failing in front of or that you won't be embarrassed. You, you know, you trust them enough that they won't judge you. Reward yourself with social experiences. Get out of your own head. Get out with other people. And if you find that you once again have taken on too big a task, delegate that to-do list, that that intricate to-do list, delegate some of it. Set limits for yourself, time limits, energy limits to prevent getting overwhelmed. Because when you get overwhelmed, you are not going to make your best decisions. When you get overwhelmed, your executive functions do not work the way you need them to. They slow down and it's like trying to walk through mud up to your knees to get to your goal. Let go of whatever you don't need. It's just a burden you're dragging along and carrying with you. Get help to manage the uncomfortable feelings that come up and identify them. Don't hide from them. Don't manage them in unhealthy ways with other things that will detract. All right. Identify and end those uncomfortable feelings, folks. Know that they will flow through you. Feel them. Let them flow through you and they they will go. Okay, best if you operate on clock time, not your subjective wishful thinking time. That's a recipe for disaster. Keep reminding yourself, do a vision board maybe of all the elements in your long-term goal and fill in in visual terms, pictures that you cut out from magazines, things you draw, affirmations, Uh, motivating statements that you say to yourself on a vision board to make this thing tangible. Work on self-regulation so that you can manage your needs. Your body has to be well-rested, well-nutritioned, and in reasonable shape for the task that you are undertaking. Your mind has to be rested and available so that it can be present and work as a good team member with you. Your emotions, your emotions must be a good team member as well, and they must be managed. And in order to interrupt the chance of distraction, how to approach change behavior, try one new thing at a time, not too much all at once, work slowly, 
slowly. Keep slowing down. Remember, chunk it down. Chunk it down until you can manage it. Watch for resistance. All right. Watch for those limiting beliefs and those fears, the values, the beliefs, the ideas, that little, I kind of call it frick on one shoulder and frack on the other. And frick is the guy who says, yeah, okay, here's the plan. Okay, this is what we're supposed to do next. Did you remember this? Oh, we need to bring that with us. And frack is the guy who says, oh, you know, why don't we just call in sick? Why don't we just take a break? Why don't we just... He's the guy who wants to always go AWOL. Listen to Frick. Frack is not your friend. Even though you may want to change something, you're still likely to have conflicting ideas. Expect them. Be ready for them. Remember that change can be uncomfortable. And it can bring on those fears. Persist. Believe in yourself. Believe in yourself and persist. I'm going to read you a quote from Calvin Coolidge from Jane Burka and Lenore Ewan's book. Nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than unsuccessful men with talent. Genius will not. Unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated failures. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. So let's talk a little bit more about how some things uh, play out and the error in it. So the error in thinking that the proportion and context of the belief um, is right about um, not performing well, you have no abilities, therefore you feel badly about yourself. Generally, perfectionists and procrastinators take things to too big a level. It, they magnify and they catastrophize. Rather, could it not just simply be about how well you do at a particular time, on a particular day, under particular circumstances, helps to determine the outcome? And that my performance is a direct measure of how able and worthwhile I am forever? How can that be true? It's too big. That the, I absolutely can't wait any longer. Okay. So giving into pressure, letting pressure build up and being impulsive. That's another way. The pressure becomes so intense that you can't wait any longer. Your inertia is so stressful and painful to you that it's easier to begin than to wait until you are prepared. So you resign yourself to the unavoidable, and that is you have to get started. You've waited till the last minute, so you have to begin even though you haven't gathered all of the tools that you need. Sometimes it's okay to realize that it's not so bad 
that you should have started earlier and you didn't, all right? And there is no overcoming that. So learning to rescale the project, learning to negotiate uh, so long as you don't keep doing it, negotiate with whoever you have to hand the project into for an extension, but making a commitment to yourself that this will be a learning experience. You are not going to survive forever by extension. And don't allow yourself to race to the deadline, staying up all day and all night doing whatever it's, is needed but not being able to make the project as good as you wanted or feel capable of doing. If, if this time that's what you've done, then stop. Have a look at things as realistically as you're able to and rescale in your own mind what the goal is and undertake and commit to learning from that mistake, that, that pattern wanted to talk to you about um, when you when you receive a project telling yourself that you'll start early this time but then you listen to frack the little guy on your right shoulder and he says ah you know why don't we do this instead and you put it off and you put it off and you put it off remember what I said about how to overcome fifth minutes all right and you know you should start it's 15 minutes make yourself work in chunks of 15 minutes you can make yourself sit down and make a plan for 15 minutes you can sit down and chunk out the different parts of the project so what tools will you need and where can you get them for 15 minutes? Maybe you need to work out a budget for this project. You can do that in a, in a third episode of 15 minutes. Promise yourself, commit to 15 minutes every single day. And you will make up for what that avoidance friend frack is telling that you really don't have to start now you've got all kinds of time because remember until you're working with clock time not wishful thinking subjective time you are likely to fritter that time away and before you know it you're at deadline time When you hear that little reminder bell, I've got to start soon, listen to it. If you avoid something the first time and delay, when you get that reminder bell that says, oh, we have to start soon. Oh, we haven't started that yet. Listen to it then. That's a warning bell. All right. And go back to this material and start working from the top. Go back to the show with Dr. Ewan. Um, where we talked with Dr. Burka, I'm sorry, and we talked about the book, Procrastination, why you do it and how you can stop now. And if you find that you are persisting in delaying, get the book. 
It'll be the best investment you ever made if you're a chronic procrastinator. It's a fabulous book. So if you find that before you get that book, you're at the point that you're saying, oh no, I think I'm doing it again. Oh no, what's going to happen if I don't start? All right, know that you're on a track. You're on the same track you've been on before. You are capable of stopping that track and changing paths. All right. Another danger sign is that you say to yourself, you know, I think I need I need a distraction. I'm I'm so upset. I need to do something else. So I need to soothe myself. So by rationalizations, usually by somehow making excuses for yourself or blaming on others. If you find yourself doing that, you're further down the path you don't want to be on. If you resort to distracting yourself with pleasurable immediate, that immediate gratification um, types of things, you've taken a step further down that path. When you get to the point that you're in a cold sweat from the fear of discovery, all right, that is further down the path. When you misrepresent that gap between clock time and subjective wishful thinking time and you say, oh, you know, really, truly, there's, there's still time. The next thought on that mantra, that procrastinator's mantra, is to say to yourself, what's wrong with me? Why I'm here again? This is happening again. There's something wrong with me. That isn't good for you because that undermines your self-respect and self-esteem. And at that point, you have a choice. You either do it or you don't do it. And if you choose not to do it, the tension will be unbearable, all right? If you choose to do it, you may need to resort to those rationalizations about you could have done better if only. So I want to remind you what you do when you get to the point, you break it down into small chunks, you try one thing at a time, You work slowly and deliberately. You watch out for that resistance. It's not your friend. Reach out for help. Okay. Ask for support and get that book, Procrastination, Why You Do It and How to Stop Now. You take care. I'll see you next week. And we're going to talk about fire safety. Bye, everybody. See you next week. Thank you for tuning in this week. Please join Elaine Birchall for another edition of Take Back Your Life when your things are taking over next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. We'll help you declutter your home and your life again next week.